Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to the Alabama AgCast. I'm Maggie Edwards with the Federation Communications Department, and we are at the Alabama Landowners Conference in Columbiana at the 4-H Center, and today I am welcomed by two guests. Domestican and Angela Parham, and Domestican is actually the Alabama Treasure Forest Association president this year. So we're really excited to have our guest on, and they're going to talk a little bit about the conference. But first, I want y'all to know a little bit about them and who they are. So y'all want to tell a little backstory about your family and how you got involved with the association? I, I was uh, very intrigued about the program that uh, the uh, Alabama Treasure Forest was, was putting on uh, back in the early 80s, but I finally realized that I was able to become certified with the Treasure Forest uh, Association in order to uh, get my property certified. So it all started really when my wife asked me for <laughs> Treasure Forest, and I really kind of balked a little bit, and I said, well, really, I don't know about it. But then I realized that we were already doing the practices that were necessary to become certified. So after that period of time, we were able to get certified through help with the uh, NRCS and other organizations that really were instrumental in getting all of the practices noted. So after we uh, were able to get those things done, we become became certified so um well, i thought that the signs were cool <laughs> they are awesome i thought the signs were cool and just riding around looking at all of the signs i'm kind of a quirky person anyway and i wanted a, an amazing christmas gift and i didn't just want one of the run-of-the-mill gifts so that's when i asked for a treasure farm, a, a tree farm is where we started. I said, I, that's what I want for Christmas. And the process, he kind of drug his speed. And um, so after a while, we, we started and he never would finish. So then I decided to cry. And that always gets me what I want. <laughs> so he really, he really put the, put the pedal to the metal. And we were, I was thinking that we would only, that I would only be able to get a tree, um, tree forest. Farm, but with yeah. a tree farm. But when they came out and looked at our property and the practices, as he said, that we were already doing, they told us, you don't have a tree farm. You actually already have a treasure forest with just a little bit of, um, you know, changing up some practices here and there. And that just blew my mind. I never. So I just encourage people. Start the process let everybody come in and because you really don't know what you have and through that i have been able to bring in two other females and their properties have already been certified as tree farms and i you know that that girl power and you know diversity i just love it because it opens so many other doors that you just can't imagine that the things that are out there so I, that's what I, I like about it. Right. And now your treasure forest is in Wilcox County? It is. It's okay. in Wilcox County. Uh, our property started out in 1870-something, probably 72. Uh, the po- uh, pro- property was purchased by my great-great-grandfather, which was Jim Bettis. And he was born uh, right after slavery. So 
it's baffling to me where did he get the money to purchase that uh, that property. It was around 600, 700 acres, somewhere in that neighborhood. But anyway, uh, we were able to hold on to the majority of that property. So I was the only, I guess, great-great-grandchild that was really interested in the procurement of some other properties to go along with that. So I was able to get all that done, and, and it is part of the family forest, and we are really excited about having it, and I'm honored to be a part of that whole organization. Well, we um, are so thankful that y'all are, are part of this and for your for your service as president. So talk about that, how you became a part of the ATFA board, how you became president and what that means to you. Well, let me give uh, let me give some <laughs> accolades to uh, Will, William Green and um, uh, another gentleman from A.R. Lane. Uh, they were instrumental in getting me excited about becoming a, a member. So when the word came that, hey, it's a possibility that you can become a board member, I was excited. So that's okay, let me do this. So I was a little nervous about it at first, but then after a period of time, I felt like, oh, this is the right thing for me. So as we went through the ranks, so we started off as, as uh, you know, probably the secretary, uh, then the treasurer, and and it just graduated to what it is now. So I was the vice president. So I moved up the rank and became the president of the Alabama Treasury Force Association, which is exciting. Um, I encourage anyone to uh, follow in my footsteps if they care to become real noted in the, in the area. I think that it is important that we practice good stewardship. Mm -hmm. And in order to have that uh, practice done, you have to be involved. And you hear so many good things about forestry and the practices that are related to becoming certified in these different uh, categories. I think that if you become involved, become a member of the Alabama Treasure Forest Association, you will be excited and you so many doors will be open so that you will see how many call sharing programs are available and other financial gains that you may have. Now, Miss Angela, do you have anything to add? I know um, as a wife, you're you're that you're a supporter at I home, am. and you're right here with us at this mm -hmm. conference. So, what what does this mean to you? Um, it just opens so many doors that you you aren't aware of, and it opens doors for everybody. So, you may be. A city girl and you don't you say oh I don't want to I don't want to be out there in the woods but you don't it, it doesn't have to be that I've started beekeeping so that's what I use I use a portion of our property for and we all know how important bees are to just our human existence so I'm very proud of that I've introduced it to our grand our three-year-old granddaughter and she loves it and uh, mainly from where I'm from my standpoint I'm mostly interested in the honeybees, uh, hummingbirds, and butterflies. So you can just, there is something in it for everybody. All you have to do is just give the organization a try, and I promise you, I'll, I'll, even, I'll come help you. I, I promise you there is something in it for everybody, even if it's just aesthetics. If you're a photographer, 
making taking pictures of those beautiful butterflies those beautiful hummingbirds there's just something in it for everybody and i'm just proud to be a, a part of it and i'll be a, a lifelong member of this it's never a dull day on the farm especially when your day starts before the sun comes up we're alabama ag credit and while some don't get it we do as the local experts in rural real estate financing we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Let's kind of take a turn to talk about why we're here at in Columbia and at the 4-H Center um, for the Alabama Landowners Conference. Um, this is held annually, and mm-hmm. it's a wonderful event with a lot of partners coming together for this conference. So, if, Angela, if you want to stay on stay on the mic <laughs> and talk about um, your favorite session um, oh, during okay. the conference. Um, actually, this year they did have a session dedicated totally to pollinators, honeybees to be specific, and I just learned so much. Um, One thing that I know that a best practice that I'm going to immediately take back is there is a way to um, plant wildflowers specifically for wherever you live. So you have a better chance of them growing and being and having a successful crop, which will encourage more pollinators to come onto your property. And that was just amazing to me. I knew to plant flowers, but I didn't know that I could just get specific to what would grow in my area. I didn't, and I can just have that mixture created for me and plant it, and then really bring in the. Um, the animals that I want to bring into my property. So it doesn't all, always have to be deer and turkey. It can be things that, that girls like as well. It can, it can be the beautiful side of being outside. So that just really, really excited me about this conference. Absolutely. That was a wonderful session, a mm-hmm. session that I wouldn't have thought it would be at Landowners Conference. Exactly. And so I'm glad it was mm-hmm. to kind of diversify the sessions and seminars a little bit. Now, Jamestican, what about you? What was what really stood out during the conference for you? Well, the whole everything was a standout with me because this is the place, this is the hub that you can come and get all the information that you need. All the people here, they're, they're on board to be able to give you all of the technical assistance that you need. Uh, if it's uh, if it's something dealing with pollinators, as my wife said, it could be something dealing with timber harvesting. It could be something dealing with the price of timber and what can be done to probably enhance the the sale of timber. Uh, those kinds of things. Any question that you may have that is forestry related can can be answered uh, right here on site. I don't know of another conference that you could attend where you could uh, be able to get your questions answered. Uh, you can get information, technical information, and go home and practice those uh, techniques immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, uh, from a financial standpoint, I think it is it is beneficial for a person to come to the conference to be able to get information and go back and make their forest more uh, sustainable. Uh, that's the whole thing because forestry, as a, as a definition, is the art and science of managing a forest on a continuous basis. So, the whole idea of making those things come together is just ideal for this conference. We can have people to call you, uh, email you, uh, send you, yeah, you know, all those yeah. things are necessary in order to be sustainable. 
This conference is also great for networking. Um, last year was my first year here, and I actually sat at a dinner table with the both of you because um, we made a connection about AgriScience Education. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the networking aspect of it and why it's just so important to actually engage and come to events like this. Um, Go ahead. You, okay. Um, <laughs> There were actually two ladies here from Birmingham that were here. They sat at the table with us last year as well. And we were just sharing with them everything that we had done and how we really just started with just the basic, just nothing, not knowing anything. And um, we just kind of shared our roadmap with them. Well, they're back this year and they have they are they're already treasure forest certified and the first when they saw us they just ran up and said we just want you to know you're our heroes we took everything that you said last year and within a year they have just already elevated just i mean just tenfold just a hundredfold they are so happy so just meeting people like that that you can actually help and encourage but also meeting people that help us and encourage us and let us know you can do this and we're right here for you and here's my contact information and we'll come to you not just tell you what to do we'll come show you what to do it's that part that you get here that you may not be able to get if you're trying to do it on your own and then sustaining that and then getting invited come see my place you know you you encouraged me to do it i want you to come see it that part is just so exciting to me i love that part about it Mm-hmm. Networking is important. Uh, it's always important to be able to get a group of people together and share information. When you share information, you come up with different ideas and techniques, some things that you have ever thought of, you know. And that way, uh, a lot of times you think that your way is the only way. And especially as you age, as you get older, you say, okay, this is the way it's done. This is the way it's supposed to be done. But there are always better ways in the, you know, in the future. So networking is that tool that we can use to share information among people of like minds. And by doing so, we can involve social media. We can involve all those new and innovative techniques in order to be able to get the same information out. And then the information is going to change. It's not going to stay the same. Uh, We talk about the weather. We talk about other aspects of forestry that affect us, uh, what the drought is doing, uh, what a lot of rain is going to do for us, and those kinds of things. And and even this new thing uh, is something similar to um, fertilization that this new guy brought in this this, uh, this morning. It is important to understand that there's always going to be a new way of doing something, and we need to be receptive. Yeah, we need to embrace that. Mm-hmm. We really need to. We need to always. We don't, we don't need to um, to discard the old, but we need to continuously blend the old and the new. And I think that we're great at doing that here. I think we're great at doing that. So, um. Yeah. Also at the conference, there is a silent auction that raises money for scholarships that Alabama Treasure Forest Association um, gives out to students. You know, studying forestry or um, a related 
a major. Mm -hmm. So, Angela, I know that you kind of helped head that up this year. So, mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the benefit of the silent auction. Okay, so the silent auction offers uh, scholarships to students that are interested in some form of the ag forestry industry. Um, all of the items are donated, and people are encouraged to go by and bid on those items. We're in kind of a bidding war on a couple of items that we have this year, so we uh, really push that. And another thing about our silent auction, though, if you have a forest a forest related product that you want to get out there like I okay I need to get this seen this is awesome then you can donate that item and then people will bid on it you can set up your business cards or whatever and maybe um get some business coming your way because people didn't know that you did that or that that item was out there or that it was available. So I really like that aspect. We have like a, a handmade um, doll's crib in there that was just simply gorgeous. And somebody just wanted to donate that. But now I know, well, if you need a woodworking product like that, we have somebody that is already in our organization that can do that, that for you. So it's things like that, that, um, really just another form of, of networking. We It does great for the students. We love giving those scholarships, but it also gives uh, introduces you to people that you would not have met on another, on another level. So, yeah, we, we encourage everybody, bid, bid, bid on that side of us. It goes to a great cause, but um, just want to thank you both so much for okay. being um, on the podcast and for being such um, great stewards of the land. Um, the annual Alabama Landowners Conference will take place next fall. Um, information about those dates will be available um, later. But just want to thank you so much um, for joining. Thank, thank you, you so very much. For much. Having us. <laughs> Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.